get hot. All right, still rocking mics with superlative flows. I'm Nathan Ivey. You're steering horror, player. Coming to the stage, he's the author of a book titled How I Broke My Addiction to White Women. Let me read an excerpt to you, and then uh, we'll bring Skip Masters on. Quote, the college environment was certainly new for me, as well as the white girls and the white boys. The white girls were brave. I mean, bold. So bold, there was no hesitation to approach me and ask me out. This took all the guesswork out of it for me. I didn't need to wonder which girl I could be, I could get with, uh, because if they approached me, I had the luxury of turning them down if they didn't look good enough. So, as the star basketball player, I got the pick of the best white girls on the campus. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. That's from the book titled uh, How I Broke My Addiction to White Women, written by Skip Masters, who is my guest. Skip, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem, man. Deep, very provocative title. I'm sure you're getting a lot of uh, feedback about that. We did that on purpose to uh, obviously get attention. Yeah, and I, I, I've been uh, sort of selling it that way. But, of course, uh, you know, it also reads the ultimate tribute to black women. So there's yes. a twist in it as well. Yes. But I appreciate you coming on. So take me back, Skip. Tell us about yourself, man. You're a basketball star, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma, born and raised. <clears throat> Went to high school there, obviously, and then went to uh, Oklahoma Baptist University, predominantly white school, uh, full basketball scholarship, um, early, uh, excuse me, early 70s, late 80s, and uh, had a pretty successful career there. Ended up actually being the second all-time scorer really? in OBU's history. Really? Dope. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Beautiful. So what's Oklahoma like? What was it like back then <clears throat> in terms of the racial uh, environment? It was... Um, <clears throat> It wasn't real obvious unless you went to certain parts of the city. Um, but for the most part, and I mentioned this in the book, that I, you know, I didn't really uh, recognize that I was being racially suppressed, if you will, uh, until I went to certain parts of the city. So for the most part, I was, I was kind of shielded from it, but it certainly had opportunities in, uh, where it would raise its head. And um, so you pre- were you prepared for the college environment when you got there? I mean, as a basketball star, I know you stood out. Hey, you know what? I was not. Um, I thought that, you know, being a basketball star, so to speak, and going there full scholarship, I kind of thought I had it going on. And it was a totally different environment. Um, and I got used to it real, real fast, but I, I was not prepared for, uh, if you will, the culture change. Now, we'll get to this later, but in the book you write about you know, four basic, and of course, it's probably more than this, but you write about four basic reasons as to why black men choose to date white women. I'll get to that in a second. But what was your first experience with a white woman? <clears throat> My first experience, Nathan, as, as, as I mentioned um, in the book, uh, I wasn't sure because, you know, I'd never dated uh, a white woman before. I'd always dated black women, obviously, in high school in Oklahoma City. And so it was a totally brand new environment. And so in terms of just how to have a conversation with uh, a white lady and what maybe her interests were um, and how that may line up with mine, uh, it was a brand new ground that um, I had to explore. And so it was totally different. So you say brand new. What, what was so new about it? So, well, Culturally? because there are certain ways that, um, you know, I would approach black women uh, based on my past experience. And that didn't necessarily uh, hold true. Uh, when I would, you know, talk to uh, white women there in college. Okay, like like what? Well, uh, 
what became real apparent real fast is our backgrounds, you know, the types of music that you like to listen to, the places like you like to go, um, foods that you eat, all those things. There was no commonality between me and, you know, the white women at that point because I was coming from a different background, and, and so was she. Now, you being coy with the title, I mean, it says addiction. I mean, you weren't really addicted, were you, or do you feel like you were? No. That that, that title was tongue-in-cheek, Nathan. Uh-huh. Um, that came about, uh, my sister was actually giving me a hard time because she said, hey, seems like you only date white women. Why don't you give the sisters a chance? It's like you're addicted to them or something. And so when I started writing the book, I, I looked, I remembered that conversation I had with my sister, and, and that's how the title came about. So, again, tell me, tell me about the first experience. I mean, I've read uh, most of the book at this point, so but just to, to clue the audience in, you were – you know, on the campus, mm-hmm. and you're the big man on campus. You're the basketball star. Right. And uh black guy in Oklahoma, so mm-hmm. you're standing out. You also got the flashy car. Yeah. How, how instrumental was how instrumental was the car in your, your dating successes? You know, uh, and I mentioned this in the book, you know, the car was car was like bait, you know. Um, you know, nice cars attract girls, and, and so it ended up holding true there in, in, uh, in the college environment. Um, the curiosity of... Uh, the white women there were was really kind of high. I mean, you know, his black kid coming from the local uh, city, full scholarship, driving a new car. I mean, that that was kind of unheard of uh, for them. So, it certainly the car uh, was just one means of attracting them. Even back then, did they present you with any stereotypes? I mean, I'm sure you had to deal with that. And if so, what were they? I mean, because for I, them, it may have been like a total fish out of water experience. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Who is this guy? Because from my experience, um, the the people that I encountered there in college, it it was it was unusual for for the white girls and white guys, for that matter, to see a quote black kid that had on 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 the surface had the same things they had. You know, nice clothes, nice car. You know, and so it it was kind of. You know, put them back like, hey, what's with this guy? And so that kind of, you know, spurred some of the curiosity as well. So, I mean, did your family, did you grow up with uh, a little bit of cash? I mean, your family was well-to-do? Or was it, uh, you know, just, um, you know, the resources available to a basketball star? Uh, no, it, it was it was a former. Uh, my parents did uh, very well in business, and I was fortunate enough to uh, grow up, which I would consider an upper-middle-class uh, background. And so, uh, and again, that was, that was one of the things that spurred the curiosity that, you know, um, I, I wasn't there. The, the school didn't pay for anything other than my education. They didn't pay for my cars or anything, or living expenses or anything like that. And so I came with the resources that my parents had for me. So, again, that, that, was, that was different um, for the uh, environment which I was in. My guest is Skip Masters. He's the author of a book titled, How I Broke My Addiction to White Women, The Ultimate Tribute to black women. And that's a very interesting spin there. And I want to get your thoughts about that. But in the book, you write about this sort of moment in time where you had dated one white woman and you talked about their curiosity of dating a black man. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, is that was something that was vocalized to you. Was it discussed? Yeah. Uh, did, very did you much feel so? And also, uh, you know, it's, and, and skip also, did you feel objectified? Like, you know, they only want to be with you because you're the black guy here. Kind of like your this oddity, this curious, this curious thing that they want to figure out how it works. Yeah, you're right. Some of it, um, I did have that that feeling on occasion, uh, but yeah, it was it was more they were curious. There were a lot of as we know, a lot of stereotypes that came with, you know, uh, black men and basketball and and 
and that kind of environment. And so that was, yes, one of the reasons why I got approached. And, and yes, uh, I've had, uh, in college, I had uh, girls mention that to me, you know, is it true, you know, kind of thing. And um, and so, yeah, that that happened. Uh, so you had to represent for the race, huh? There you go. <laughs> you know, it's funny, some time ago, years years ago, actually, I talked with the author of a book titled Hung, H-U-N-G. Okay. As I say in the book, it must be really awful to have created this myth around black men, but also it's a myth that kind of denigr- it denigrates black men, but also ce- celebrates them. Let's take so a second. It must, it must be really awful for white men in that case. Le- yeah, exactly. Let's take a second, Scott, and also the listeners out there, Mr. Lamar, join in and laugh at the fact that this backfired on the mainstream. <laughs> 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 And a black guy, and he was talking about the phenomenon, the phallic symbols, and the preoccupation with the genitalia of black men. Mm-hmm. But he talked about his first experience with a white woman in college, and uh, she it was less than, and, than what she thought it was. <laughs> and she said, look, aren't all black guys supposed to be, you know, a certain size and girth? And um, it seems like, did you have a similar experience? I mean, was it kind of like there was a sexual expectation for you? Certainly, there was an expectation, and um, uh, I believe I lived up to it. But uh, <laughs> there was certainly an expectation um, that, yeah, and it was it was voiced to me as well. Really, I mean, like what? I mean, hey, uh... oh, I mean, I you know, I've had uh, just literally men are endowed better than than other men. I was like, you know what? I haven't seen other men, so uh, but you know, if I you know, you want me to live up to the stereotype, I'm I'm not really sure. And yeah, we had we had that conversation on a number. On a number that of was games. your response, Skip. Come on, man, you got to be more player than that. You got to be like, hey, you know, let's go find out, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, but that that was the end result, Nathan. Right, but right, I, right. I didn't know that I could say that right there. Oh, well, most definitely. <laughs> Again, Skip Masters is my guest. He's the author of How I Broke My Addiction to White Women: The Ultimate Tribute to Black Women. So let me go back to this moment in time because you talk about this early in the book of how you know dated one white woman and i guess the word got out about you and then yes. women literally i mean was it literally different women on the campus white girls were coming to you and just curious about it it literally uh that was the case and, and, and let me and let me set the stage for that because uh the environment that we were in i uh, i would go and let and i mentioned this in the book uh sit uh in the lobby of this particular women's dorm and have conversations with this lady I ended up starting to date. And so obviously, um, I already had a little buzz around me, um, being who I was in the basketball player in the car. So, but now I'm sitting in the lobby having conversations with this young lady. So serious. So naturally there's some curiosity going on amongst the people that are in that environment. So, um, once, you know, we went off and, you know, enjoyed ourselves, if you will, over the weekend, uh, came back. Naturally, um, she said something to whomever she said it to, and then all of a sudden it was, it was a buzz.